Hey, welcome to the After Now podcast with Tim and George. Give us a listen. What do you have to lose? Because let's be honest, you've wasted time on sketchier stuff than this before. Hey, Tim. Hey, George. You know those people who claim that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? I'm one of them. Obviously, you've never had to reboot a computer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Tim. Hey, George. What's the biggest lie in the entire universe? No, honey, it's okay. Close. <laughs> <laughs> I have read and agreed to the terms and conditions. Ah, ah, got you. Okay. So, hey, it's been a little bit. It's It's been a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is, is this unofficially season two? Yeah, I think it is. A uh, little holiday break. Yeah, and um, family break, break, holiday break. It's, it's nice to be yeah, back. It is good to be back, and it honestly coincides... Um, with all things new, because once again, you went to the CES show. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's how we started our last season with CES. Yeah. 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 So it it might be, it might be an ongoing theme with us. Yeah, I think so. Um, in in this year in particular, um, boy, there, we are on the cusp of a whole lot of changes, which honestly, we're going to do a bunch of shows on. We are, yeah. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But but overall, um, you know, the date of this broadcast is middle of January 2023. Um, and my gosh, has, uh, has the technology landscape just exploded? Yeah. It's... Honestly, within the last month or so even. I mean, it's a little bit of everything, right? There was a lot at the show. There was a lot at the show, and you know what? There was there was a lot of attendees at the show too. I think, I think. Oh, that's the, cool. I think at the end of the day, they were saying, um, if I read it correctly, around one hundred and fifteen thousand attendees. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And if you remember last year when we were talking about that, it was dead. It was dead. I mean, like it was. I don't know. It it seemed like there were, you know, sixty thousand attendees because you know COVID. People didn't want to be around one another. Everyone yeah, was yeah. everyone was trying to figure it out because you know. I mean, obviously, this was twenty twenty three, right? We're talking about twenty twenty two, which was really at the beginning, at the end of twenty twenty one. So it was it was yeah uh, yeah yeah. You know, it's it's a weird time when CES is. Everyone forgets about it because it's at the early 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 uh, start of the year. Yeah, uh, I I wonder how many late uh, um, submissions came in, you know, Um, uh, because just to throw it out there, you know, some of the big things and we are going to be doing a separate show on it. um, The AI landscape has just absolutely exploded. I mean, just absolutely nuts. Yeah, with, with chat GPT being probably the poster child. But my gosh, there are so many other AI apps that are just seem to be popping up everywhere, and they're 
they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. not a novelty, you know? No, they're not. And, you know, and they were there at the show. I mean, there was a lot of A at the show. There's a lot of ML, machine learning. Uh, you're starting to see a lot of, and, you know, I think that's the trend for this year's show. You know, I think every year when someone asks me, hey, how was CES? What was the big difference? You know, it's funny. Um, You go to CES and, yeah, you know, Toshiba and Samsung, of course they got their TVs. Of course they do. But um, sure, sure. But Sony didn't this year. Really? Yeah. No, they didn't. And But what they had was they had a lot of, you know, how are we going to impact the customer? You know, here are the projects, hmm. you know, um, these are our technologies. And, you know, really it is the consumer electronics show, right? I mean, it's it's about where things are going. It's not just to show a whole bunch of, you know, nifty TVs or, you know, a bunch of junk that won't be around next year. Um, because a lot of yeah. it, a lot of it is stuff that may, you may never see again, you know, um, not to say that things are junky. I'm just saying, you know, um, prototypes, things that you may have seen once and you'll never see it again, you know, and, and it yeah, may... like the like $25,000 TV that will never make it to production or something like it, that. Exactly. You're not really, I, I haven't, I didn't see a lot of that. What I saw a lot of is, um, you know, Hey, these are the technologies we're investing in. This is our story about where we want to take the customer. Okay. So, um, since we are talking all things CES, uh, why don't we start with first of all your your overall impression? I know that AI probably uh, if if it wasn't the star of the show it was certainly talked about a lot. Yeah, what I did see a lot of was um, CES innovations um, opening up bigger. You started getting a lot of um, awards being issued to a lot of different companies. For example, um, I saw a lot of women's beauty uh, tech in play, um, which was interesting. Uh, digital health was out there for sure. Digital health. Okay, so okay, so so what's women's beauty tech? Um, you know, stuff like, hey, I'm going to go and, um, uh, you know, like an E-shade, you know, like a, a shade finder uh, from L'Oreal. They went and they're able oh, to match okay. shade. Yeah, shade and color, that kind of stuff. I did I, I did see that. That's mobile appy kind of stuff. That's software kind of stuff. You also saw um, ways or different ways to apply makeup, stuff like that. I saw that in... in in the uh, mix, I saw the ability to do printing on fingernails directly from um, a little digital machine. You put you put your fingernails in, so you can do stuff like that. I mean, I and no I just, way. And I th just thought it was like, whoa! I, I I I've seen stuff on and off like that through the years at CES, but this is the first time I've ever seen it in mass quantity. Um, you're starting to see that more streamlined. Um, and, and with that, I kind of group it together because it has to do with body and health and whatnot. Health tech. Health tech is big time taking off. Um, just stuff like, you know, um, uh, being able to sense, um, uh, you know, like uh, heartbeat, temperature, all those things remotely from a distance, at a distance type of technology. Or if you want to. Oh, really? Yeah. In, 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 at, at a distance. 
at a distance, but also if so it's you, not so so it doesn't have to be worn. Doesn't have to be. Nope. Um, that's the kind of the weird thing, right? Or I'm also seeing stuff where, um, it, it, baby tech too. And I've talked about baby tech in in previous um. Uh, shows but baby tech kind of plays into that i call it the the three pillars of uh, of that that uh movement right which is really women's health and beauty um health overall and then um just deeper diagnostic stuff you know what i'm saying and and what what i've seen is like even you can lay in a bed and it does an automatic star trek bio bed thing you know where you start getting heartbeat and you start getting like blood pressure blood pressure when you lay on something, you know. Come on. No, in fact, <clears throat> there was a company uh, down in Innovations, which is the lower floor. They've got what they call Eureka Park. These are all the startups, and uh, down there in one of the uh, pavilions, because they've got all of the different attendees broken up by like Israel and France and all these things. I saw, okay. and I believe it was the Netherlands. I believe it was the Netherlands, and they had. Um, some people there who were showcasing what I really thought was the closest thing that I've ever seen to a real life tricorder. Um, really? It, it was heavy. Um, it was made. In fact, it was told okay, to me. Okay. So, so just for the one or two people that don't watch Star Trek, <laughs> a tricorder is uh, a handheld device uh, in the science fiction franchise uh, of Star Trek. That basically is the army Swiss knife of um, being able to tell how healthy somebody is um, under normal circumstances or if, you know, something's wrong. I uh, can give you some real vital statistics. But it's a so, you, so digital... you, wave this, you wave this machine over somebody and it, and it does all these different scans and tells you yeah. where the problem is. Yeah. And it also had the ability to take blood and run uh, uh, analytics over blood, urine, those types of things. Right there in the field. Wow. Yeah. In fact, um, DARPA did um, a uh, contest a couple of years back. Um, I mean, obviously, they're not a U.S. Uh, company, right? DARPA wanted uh, some technology like that, and these guys actually did it. It was actually pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it seems like um, in just a technology technology landscape itself seems to be going through a shift where for lack of a better term for it things seem to be getting a little bit more serious rather than just video game-ish yeah it, you know it was COVID. Is that fair yeah no it was covid i mean you know you you're starting to see more of an emphasis on health tech and people really starting to really take it seriously yeah. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. No, no, it, it, it shouldn't because everyone, you know, and again, this um, CES, while it's held here, uh, draws people from all over the world. Yeah, it, it, it really does. And, and there were a lot of people from all around the world. And we'll, we'll get into that in a little while. Um, I wanted to continue on the conversation of health tech, though, because... You know, um, I saw something that was absolutely hilarious, and I thought about it when I saw I thought about you when I saw it. Oh, God. <laughs> it, it was, uh, again, uh, you know, uh, keeping in with uh, health tech, it was a baby stroller that was autonomous. 
what? It would follow okay. you. A perfect opportunity for the hackers to just get in, grab the baby stroller, and take off down the street. I just thought it was funny. I that begs the question of just because you can doesn't mean you should, right? What what would you possibly need that for? Um, I agree. If if you if if you are that disengaged where you have to have the stroller follow you around. Be careful. You are not paying close enough attention. Uh, You're you're just not paying close enough attention to the kid. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah, for sure. I I totally agree. Right. So what, I'm going to go for a jog and this thing's going to be flying behind me. Um, There's certain things you want to be pushing. There's certain things that you want to be fully engaged with. Um, it, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Terrible. Okay, I, okay, you know, no, I, hey, I, you know, this, these are things that I saw, and I thought it was very, very interesting, and I was very shocked by some of the because, like you said, again, there's just some things out there that you know, why in the hell would you have this type of tech, this type of you know, it's a baby stroller for God's sakes. <laughs> right right yeah no no kidding but it, it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool yeah and i, I guess there are people that yeah they'll sell them they will sell them yeah you know yep absolutely oh my gosh again COVID certainly did shift our um our focus a lot on health yep um but so were there still fun stuff out there? Or was it a more serious show this year? No, I, there was still, so there was also another company out there. Um, Yarbrough, uh, Yarbrough actually made a robot, um, that had a charging platform and it had a connection on the front of it that would switch it out from a, uh, lawnmower to a snowblower and also a leaf blower. Again, wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, if hacked, could be an interest <laughs> could be an interesting uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. I, in, I I've seen gas versions of that where you know you basically you have that that engine and then you just flip on the different attachments. You know, um, but yeah, once you begin a be begin to be able to hack something, it it just opens up. A whole lot of liability, I think. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and it for me, it was just it was kind of an interesting thing to see because what I'm starting to see with these uh, companies is a lot of you know um, a deeper thought, right? Hey, let's let's not just build a robot that mows lawn. Let's build a robot that's functionally functional, and we can interchange things, make it very usable to the end user. I that that's what started getting me excited when I start thinking when I start seeing deeper thought in products like that. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's where I gain interest in it. And it wasn't only them. There was a there was a lot of other companies that had that type of um, you know we're going further down the rabbit hole with our product design now, and I like that. Well, and I I think that that's where I think the seriousness is is kind of coming in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Up until now. Um, we had they had to develop the Legos, and now they've got some very well developed Legos, and so they can 
they can build like real products up until now it's been proof of concept or cutesy stuff to kind of get the attention but it seems like now they're putting it together for real like robots are becoming like you said functional right you know and, and within a few years they if if the trend continues um they should become rather affordable and functional in the top floor of the venetian uh convention center it used to be a small little area where all this health tech was now it's like half the floor really yeah and that's that's a big amount of space um did they have any um i i know in the past tesla has done some stuff did they have anything about uh um evs yeah um evs are basically now um in the las vegas convention center um i think they call it east and um it's big it's got everything there um it's one large convention room and you have maybe 15 or 20 uh, ev car companies um mercedes was there cheap was there um the a lot of tech companies that are doing charging was there um like you know um different companies who build different charging type of technologies all of that okay. is in the same space there was a lot of ev technology there for sure it's um you know what's interesting in, in the in the past they've had different um different summits and industry leaders and blah 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 um where the the government would call in and, and they talk about evs and tesla was always excluded from those for some reason um at least from the government perspective um which i i always thought was ludicrous but um i think tesla is is undergoing uh some major changes as well and i'm you know i think it it's probably time for us to revisit the whole ev discussion as well at some point yeah the industry's changing um and you could see that there's a huge pivot for normality um and there's a huge pivot for um instead you know instead of it being exclusive to only a couple of brands these are the brands that we've been familiar with um tesla leading the pack um and you know toyota and um, and General Motors with Volt and Bolt being like uh, in a distant, you know, third place, fourth place, um, you know, uh, and, and what I mean by Toyota is hybrid, right? Not, not completely yeah. electric. Um, you're really seeing car companies just commit um, like and I'm talking about way beyond Rivian, right? Rivian's there for sure. But you're, you're you know, now you're seeing European car companies saying, yeah, we're done. We're done gas. We're not going to do it anymore. And I, I don't really know if people in the United States really understand that. Like, they, I don't think they're aware that they will not be able to buy a um, gasoline car from Volvo um, in the not-so-distant future. Like, Volvo said, we're done. We're not going to do it anymore. And we're going all electric. And, and I, that timetable is pretty close. Um, well, and, you know, it, it's interesting because I did hear that um... – one of the transportation people um, had said all of a sudden that they're realizing that there may be an issue with the weight 
of electric cars and what it's going to do to the infrastructure, like bridges and stuff. Yeah, because, I mean, that's a good point. Electric, electric cars are really, really heavy. And, and you know, like they came out with the um, the EV version of the Hummer. And I, I think that thing's like 11 or 12,000 pounds. Yeah. Well, and think about it. If you're... If you're on the Golden Gate Bridge and you've got, you know, 200 cars, 100 cars, if you got um, 100 cars and all of a sudden each one of those cars, you swap them out from gas cars to electric cars, they're going to triple their weight. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, will... Yeah, they, they, they just brought that up this week, I heard. Will so... our infrastructure be able to support that? And I... I, I, I do not have the answer to that but i do know it's coming and yes it's coming i i just think and again i don't really care what powers my car right as long as it's not an inconvenience to me well um you're gonna you're gonna have to put care because you won't be able to think about it it's going to be yeah and here it is i i found it um volvo cars to be fully electric by 2030 so by 2030 you won't even be if you want to buy a volvo you won't even be able to buy uh you know a gasoline one unless it's used um, and, and the reason why I bring that up and there's a point counterpoint to that is, you know, and this is, this was an overshadowing, um, topic at CES as well, uh, at least within the EV industry, you know, um, infrastructure, like just what you said, there are so many car companies coming out with, um, methods of charging, whether it be microgridding in the home. And that's a topic that's being discussed out West mm. a lot is I micro- would imagine. Yeah, micrograding. Um, you know, I have a solar I have a solar array on my roof, and that solar array can charge my my local um, you know power for my car. But I can also possibly share my power with the grid. My neighbors can, my my block can, my community can, and we can commit extra power back to the grid. That's microgridding, and that's microgridding at the most basic level. Um, you know what I found at CES to push you know, further that microgridding conversation with smaller, more agile electric companies out there who are building, you know, literally Lego, uh, Lego like, um, uh, batteries for the house. Um, Moduli, M-O-D-U-L-Y was one of them. Moduli.io. Literally they have white bricks that are batteries. You could stack them on top of one another and they plug, that's how they plug into one another. And um, it looks like, yeah, it kind of looks like furniture. And um, basically what it is is, um, you know, standby power for the house. Yeah. And so and that's interesting because one of the things that, you know, kind of annoys me, I guess. I don't know if annoys the right word, but one of the things that uh, I'm suspicious of is if you pay the money to put a solar solar panels on your on your roof and you pay to get your house so that it can run off of this power that's stored from your solar array you should be able to keep that right right um but you know at some point the utilities and the government are going to get their hands on it and tax it yes and that sucks um, uh, you know, more stuff that I saw that was kind of interesting, uh, uh at CES was stuff like, um, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're, you're a Mac user, right? 
You, you no. No, okay. Do, are you familiar with what, what Mag uh, MagSafe technology is? Do you know what that is? No. So basically when Mac users plug in their Macs, um, there's a magnet. And that magnet holds the power plug in place when it gets pulled. Oh yeah, up, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't doesn't like damage the machine. It yep, just yep. unplugs, right? Yep, exactly. And then there's a company that's come out that's made basically a a hybrid version of the home plug, where hmm. it's all magnets, but they're strong magnets. And if the magnets come off, then um, the circuit is cut. And you could you could literally put your tongue on the leads and you won't get shocked. Okay. Because there's a handshake between the socket and the appliance that you're plugging in, mm. and within a couple of milliseconds it turns that appliance on. These this is me- meant to make the home more safer. Okay. Um, but it's also got some pretty interesting um applications in aviation and in marine um uh, electric because we saw a lot of boats that are going electric versus uh gas and so yeah, in, in order yeah. to charge them you put a magnet on you know your 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 plug is magnetized um there's no physical prongs so no one can get electrocuted and that technology is going to the house too so i saw stuff like that too a lot of crossover technology it's interesting yeah you know and um the electrification of everything again that's fine as long as it works mm-hmm. um if you're on a boat and you run out of juice, um, what do you do? You know, and they'll have to figure that out. And one of the things I, I saw that was really interesting, um, and I'm I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox here in just a second, so be ready for that one. But one of the things I, I saw really interesting is the first cars that came out were actually electric. Yeah. Like the 1890s or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They used to have battery packs that slid out which i always thought we had talked about that i think when we were talking about electric cars i always thought that was a great idea so that you can slide you know just like a a toy car or whatever you could slide that out put the new battery pack in that's charged and then charge the other one while you're running on the the charged one yeah um and i thought that was brilliant but you know uh it's not the way these are being designed and Kind of brings up a point just overall in terms of technology and just a whole lot of things. And overall, I, I, because I, I figured this out um, over our break, one of the things that, that truly is annoying me is when we come up with a problem and then we, there's a supposed solution, the solution is dumbed down and it's not looked at from a 360 degree angle okay right sure so so for example like we we're talking about these all the cars are going to go electric that's great but there's a lot of issues with where these materials are going to come from all these batteries that are needed what about the charging what about the grid um, what about the range, you know, and now we have to worry about the weight of these things. Um, yeah, you know, part of that conversation is the heavy machinery used to get those rear materials out of the ground. Right. We, we've talked about that. We've talked about that on past shows and, uh, well, it's even, it's even, it's actually even worse 
just recently, um, they found that cobalt, which is one of the key current ingredients that in that are, are needed elements that are needed uh, in our current batteries, um, is actually being mined by people, even though the governments are saying that it's not. And Congo, I believe, is exporting like 70% of all the cobalt in the world. And there's there's all, all these warlords and people. I, I mean, there are pictures of people digging this stuff out by hand. Right, right. And and so, and, and I believe Tesla actually has some batteries that are cobalt-free. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing the technology that goes into the packs. In fact, they had some packs there that, because what you don't realize is the battery, um, or not a lot of people realize it is, the battery pack itself is actually um, smaller batteries. They actually look like the batteries that go into um, maybe your remote control, but a little larger, right? And then they're all mm-hmm. strung together, and they're all put into different, um, one big pack, and those packs are separated by different sections that have liquid going through them that cool them down when they get heated up. Um, yeah, and and there's a lot of technology coming out with batteries where, um, they're they're experimenting with sand of sand holding charge, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, but uh, what what I thought was very cool there was at least one part of the conversation was being addressed at CES, and that's. When you have heavy machinery and you try to pull the stuff out of the ground, and, you know, again, I, I, I totally get where you're going with the, the whole manual labor situation. But there are there are areas of the world that use huge, you know, very large pieces of equipment like um, like Caterpillar, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and I saw actually Caterpillar was there at CES. Oh, um, OK. And. And John Deere was there at CES, and I, I spoke with a rep from John Deere, and they showed me the battery pack. So they're even making that transition from um, fossil fuel to electric. They even have their own um, electrical charging infrastructure that would be placed at, uh, whether it be um, a, a large farm or whether it be at a mining facility, um, and they showed what that would look like, the run times, the things that are involved. So when we talk about, you know, hey, you know what? Yeah, there is a um, impact beyond to get the material out of the ground in order for EVs to be more, you know, Im- environmentally impactful. We need to think about these other things that cause that, you know, that um, that carbon f- footprint. Well, now you're starting to see the real heavy machinery that puts a lot of that fossil fuel into the uh, or that that pollution into the air. You're starting to see them become electrified as well. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is. Again, as as long as it works, you know, um, as long as it works. And I don't want to be the the naysayer or whatever. Um, No, I'm right there with you. I'm just saying because because I was listening to. Uh, these farmers that that were talking about it, um, and what they were saying is, you just have to understand, and they do, uh, deer or whoever, you know, like for combines and stuff like that, because they're trying to they're trying to electrify those as well. 
and they said, you know, you, you got to understand how how we work, and and that's they they'll run those twenty four hours a day because they have to pick up their harvest. Right. They have a very very small window, and they're like, some of these people farm thousands of acres, and if they can't go, they can't go. Oh. I've got a half hour left. I have to go back and recharge, you know, um, and they'll work that out. Yeah. They have to, if, if, if it's going to be sold and people are going to buy them, they're going to have to work that out. Yeah. So, and, and again, it, it's, it's all stuff that they, I guess they have to fail first and be told, uh, no, that's not going to, you know, you're not looking at the whole picture. And that, and that's kind of where, where I was, I was starting this whole thing of, I think that as we adopt technology and look at these things, a lot of times we look at the symptoms, something that's going to address the symptom rather than the cure. And, and I I just think it, it behooves a lot of people if sometimes you just take a step back and look at the entire problem and maybe not rush something out just because you can. Yeah, and and that that's a point well taken, um, you know, a lot of times when we talk about these types of things, um, I think humans do things ass backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really no, do. You're right. You know, we we you know, and, and we're talking about um, you know health tech, and you know, I I know I'd mentioned towards the beginning of the show um, the company that kind of makes the uh, the tricorder, right? Where it's got like five in one different components. By the way, that that company's name is Mira, or the product name is okay. Mira Metro Metroom, yeah. Um, and, and, but my point is with them, um, imagine having all of that, uh, at the, at your fingertips, it, it all boils hmm. down to miniaturiz- miniaturization and making things more efficient. We're always talking about miniaturization, battery packs and equipment, miniaturization. And along with yeah. that, along with that theme, um, a couple of aisles away from, from those guys who made that, um, uh, that uh, really cool medical device was uh, a company called, um, I believe it's pronounced uh, Quantix, Quantum. They literally had a quantum computer the size of um, probably a 1970s stereo. Really? Yeah. And it didn't generate like a boatload of heat or... Oh, it, I, it wasn't on. I can't tell you if it was oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I can't tell you if it was on or not, but I can tell you that, you know, um, uh, it was a company that built their own quantum computer. It was nowhere near the power of the, the larger scaled-out quantum computers that are available today, but nonetheless, a quantum computer. And, and, and was... I, 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 so I have, I have a joke, and the, the computer guys are going to think it's really funny. Go for it. For the quantum computer, Tim, it doesn't really mean matter if it's on or off. Oh man, that is the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you'll think that's really funny. Oh. Anyway, no, good stuff. But my point was miniaturization, <laughs> right? If, um, yeah, it, yeah, get, yeah, it's, getting it's, it's at the end of the constant. day, getting better at yeah, getting better at it and. Um, and w- once you get better at it, what happens? The price drops, mainstream production occurs, and then it, it can go out to the masses, and and that's when it really affects everything. And that's kind of the the topic of our show, right? You know, uh, technology yeah. that 
you know, things that impact the, the human condition. Oh, I was going to ask you. Um, it seems, and I don't know if it was discussed at all at CES, it seems as though the chip shortage is easing a bit. Yeah. Was that so, discussed at all? Supply chains have opened up. Um, you can tell. Now, who knows what's going to happen with the whole reemergence of COVID in China and how China deals with that. Um, but for right now, you know, am I going to say that it's completely over? By no means. But, you know, I think I think a lot of countries and a lot of um, technology zones around the country and world have identified that um, we need to not only rely on our, ourselves more if we want a more stable um, type of, of uh, you know, supply chain. Yeah. But we, we also need to set better expectation, you know, uh, forecasting when equipment needs to be, you know, when, we, when materials, whether it be raw materials or whatnot, need to get from point A to point B. And I think that that was a big conversation with the show as well. Um, uh, material handling and logistical mm. handling. You did, you know, it wasn't so much, there wasn't technology there to deal with it. In some cases there were, but a lot of the underpinning conversations were, we got to do a better job at making sure we source the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that was, that was the Achilles heel of just in time production. Yep. Right. Uh, they don't want to carry the inventories and, <clears throat> you know, for those of you um, of a certain age, um, I, I remember that uh, IBM was one of the companies that got caught in a situation where, at the time, Pentium chips were changing all the time. And I believe it was IBM that made a huge investment, bought a boatload of these chips. I don't know, 286, whatever. And within a real short period of time, a new chip came out and they were stuck with all these chips and had to discount so heavily because nobody wanted those machines anymore. Right. And, and then it was like, Oh, the obsolescence was so quick Yep. that, that it's like, Oh, well, we don't want to do that anymore. Well, yeah, you don't want to do that. But at the same time, when you're running so lean, any hiccup will stop you dead in your tracks. So, <clears throat> I, I I think it's I think what happens people got caught being too lean, yeah, or not having alternate suppliers. Well, because well at the time there weren't any, right, right, <laughs> you know, right. So. Now and now I think there's more options. I mean, you can even you can even see that um, you know two years later um, there are two some very large semiconductor plants being built just right here in North Phoenix. I mean, one 20 minutes away from where I live and. You know, what's two of the things that you need to build semiconductors, sand, we have a lot of that, and water, we don't have a lot of that. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see where that goes. Is that getting any better, though, with all this rain? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's got to. You know, I know that um, a lot of the, you know, we, we don't see a lot of the drought conditions. Uh, I, I don't mean to be naive about it, but, I mean, like, I've, I've driven through, in the last three months, I've driven through California and Nevada, and I can tell you they've got a. They seem to have gotten it a lot worse than we do. I mean, we've been getting a lot of rain in Arizona, a lot more than normal. So it'd be interesting to see where our drought situation is. You know, I did. I did check uh, with uh, 
um, the uh, National Weather Service uh, a couple of weeks back. And, you know, we were in a light drought situation, according to them. But I have no idea how bad bad is. So, sure. Um, special shout out to my Ukrainian friends. Um, the Ukraine contingent was there at uh, CES this year. Uh, that was in were U- they? Eureka Park. Yeah, the Ministry of Digital Transformation of Ukraine was there. Um, I met a lot of Ukrainian startups, young kids, um, great kids. We, we had a lot of, you know, I, I spent a little bit more time there than I normally spend in, in the Ukrainian area um, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, I got to talk to uh, a, a couple of companies that uh, were doing some really interesting things. Um, and, you know, uh, but mostly we, we talked about the obvious stuff, too, um, that, that's been going on and how that's been impacting their lives. Um, those are those are a tough hombre, man. They, those guys know um, and, and they, they get what's going on in their backyard and my heart out to them. And it just shows you just how how tough those those people are. Yeah. And innovation never stops. Nope. Nope. It right? never does. You you react to the situation around you, um, but uh, especially you know they said nece- necessity is the mother of all invention. Well, there's uh, there's there's a, <laughs> there, there's a lot of uh, stuff that's necessary in Ukraine right now, and and boy that's that's just interesting that they were able to make it. That's fantastic. Yeah, no, it was it was good it was good stuff. Um... You know, a couple other oddities that were there. Um, I had a conversation with William Shatner. Um, the di- oh no way! The digital version of William Shatner. What? A company called Conversa. Um, uh, I guess, or a product called Conversa from a company called Storyfile. Um, they uh, have a interactive AI based marketing tool that will allow you to record a person. And then there are, let's say, two hundred or three hundred responses that that person re, re, you know, records, and then the AI kicks in and helps decide what best response to give the person who's asking the questions. All right, and so what? What makes that even scarier is, and and Tim, I I, I sent you something about this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft is coming out with an AI that needs three seconds of your voice to completely emulate it, including putting in expression. I feel replaced already. And so, but, and so that just came out. So think about the hologram or whatever technology that you saw. Yeah. With the AI and so we're right now it's limited to what did you say two a couple hundred statements yeah, maybe yeah a couple like a couple hundred responses but i mean you know that's you know mileage will vary that technology is going to get better but what i'm saying is so if you have the hologram part done down where it looks realistic and all of a sudden you this this voice generator has an ai that you can say anything you want. So by type right now you can type it in and it's going to say it with the right inflection, with the right emphasis on it. And if you have an AI generator, if you have an AI word generator, right. 
along with the AI voice generator yep. and the hologram, we're screwed. <laughs> you know, you, you, you truly will not have a clue of who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's all happening so freaking quick. Um, talking about quick, um, the M word we have not even used it yet, and it's uh, uh, even closer to being upon us. Um, a lot of companies are doing metaverse adoption uh, development. Um, you know, there's too many companies to count. Um, we're talking about uh, you know, companies anywhere from making goggles and gloves to haptic uh haptic feedback of of vests and you know uh and and clothes um you know even even sensory like smell that was part of it so um that definitely was their strong presence at ces um more to come in the coming years i'm sure on on metaverse i know they're they're i know they're pushing this I don't know anyone that's really run into this thing. Do you? I mean, it's uh, like all, you know, like it, it, it's kind of like, you know, there's, there's so much, so much to do. And it, there's just a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, infrastructure and, you know, what, what not to build around it. I mean, you got to build these three huge immersive 3d worlds. You know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a long time um, to, to put it all together. But once it's together, it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah, it will be. Um, and, I, you know, it's it's. I think it's a whole build it and they will come mentality. I think it's, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a build it and they will come. Uh, what if they don't? It's just a lot of money, just a lot of money and resources. That... There are some people probably in in board of directors at very large companies asking that question. Yeah, is is it worth it? You know, some other things that I saw there, which were very interesting, were stuff like very uh, large. I, I think it was over at uh, oh man, it was either at LG or or Samsung. There was this huge, uh, no, no, excuse me. It was at Panasonic. That's who it was. It was a huge tree, and its leaves were um, were big solar cells. Um, and basically, they had these things that um, would go and block the floor uh, from sunlight, cool down you know, areas just like trees do, but collect uh, electric like trees do don't you know, I mean for you know, like human grid hmm. yeah um kind of an interesting um you know concept um i thought it was really neat um in basically you could see if they deploy these trees in green areas um they could definitely be part of the um the greenery the 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 landscaping but you know it would blend in and it would look a lot less like tech and a lot more like mother nature yeah, as long as you don't have to cut down a tree to put one up. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and and to that point, you know, uh, I I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of green initiative going on there. Um, there were a lot of companies that were really. It almost seemed like they were bending over backwards and breaking their back to, to prove that, 
hey, you know, these are zero emission, low carbon solutions. <laughs> I well, I, I think I think it's being felt. I think uh, I think that uh, a lot of you know, and you 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 said I'm not a naysayer, but I think a lot of people out there are kind of like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, what is the price we're paying for this tech? And I think some of these big companies are starting to latch on to that idea that they've got to start marketing to uh, a lot of different individuals who really understand that, you know, that carbon footprint's got to go away much quicker. Yeah. Uh, as long as they're honest about it. And, and, and I just, I, I, I would prefer that they be honest about it than just the signaling, because I think it's even worse if they're signaling that they're, um, they're trying to be green or what have you. And then they get caught that they're not. Yeah. I mean, you know, I will say this, I will say that, uh, Samsung committed a very large part of their floor towards proving that, uh, they're, they've got internal corporate, you know, direction to do a lot of stuff. And, and, and I'm not saying that they're the only ones. I'm just saying though, that right. they've committed a lot of floor space and CES floor space is not cheap. Let's just be very honest. Um, but, uh, you know, they've committed a lot of floor space to it and they were trying to explain, look, we've got a lot of these internal, um, you know, projects that are going on. A lot of these, um, projects impact uh you know our ability to you know build products that are green more green less carbon footprint and and it was pretty impressive the effort and you know it's gone from millions of dollars to tens of millions of dollars to hundreds of millions of dollars in you know i'd say 12 to 15 years you know, yeah. every, every one of these big companies, I, I, this is my 15th year at CES. And I can tell you right now, the, uh, the emphasis on doing it better and greener is much more bigger than it's ever been before. And that's great. Yeah. And, and you know what, hopefully consumers appreciate it and they steer towards those companies. Yep. No, I agree. So, oh, um, Apple doesn't do CES, right? No, they don't do CES. They're they're one of the uh, you know I mean they're, they're I would say they're one of the few at this point. Tesla was not there. Apple was not there. Um, you know, it's one of those things where they don't feel like they need to be there. You know, a lot of those companies sometimes are there, but they're um, they've got private rooms up at uh, uh, you know the Venetian or one of the big hotels. And you know if there's you know. Um, uh, manufacturers or or business uh, need um, they'll take meetings off the floor but they they definitely are not on the floor not usually yeah and apple has their event at, just after that don't they yeah they usually have a, they actually usually have like three big events they usually have a a spring uh, event they usually have their worldwide developer conference and then they have their their fall event that usually happens in you know october ish so what was your what was your biggest surprise there? Well, my biggest surprise was um well, I was glad to see that everyone was back. I was glad to see that uh you know, it seems like the full the show was in full full, you know, um at full capacity again. Um I it was good to see that uh the industry is as th- as, as strong as I 
I I knew it could be coming bouncing back from COVID. Um, I I think that what my biggest uh, surprise was was uh, the um, the agility uh, or the adaptiveness of these companies to change. Um, it really, I'm being dead honest. I mean, like you know, just how some of these companies can pivot, and you know, it may take you know. Uh, someone like a Samsung or a Panasonic, you know, two, three years to change, but you can see a lot of their products are going towards, you know, um, uh, products that are a lot more friendly to the environment, a lot more friendly to dealing with, um, you know, uh, germs and, you know, airborne diseases, um, you know, around clean home tech, those kinds of things. Um, yeah. You know, the, the pivot was interesting, and the pivot continues. Um, something that was discussed, uh, another under, undertone to the, uh, the the whole show there was matter. Matter's a big deal. Um, you're going to see more of it discussed and more of it talked about as the year goes on. What do you mean matter? Matter is a framework that a lot of companies have adopted. Um, it allows for interoperability between um apple generally speaking the way it's going to impact everyone is if you have an amazon alexa or an apple siri or a google um you know smart device and you want to tie all those three pieces of infrastructure together in and have them work all three of them will work but it goes much beyond that um because there's a lot of technologies like bluetooth like zigbee which is like hue lighting control that kind of stuff like wi-fi um and wi-fi 7 was there um, that will use matter as a common framework to be controlled. So it really is the first really good stab at smart home. I mean, like a really, truly good smart home. And so it integrates everything? Yeah, it integrates everything. It, 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 it doesn't really, it doesn't integrate everything. It allows for everybody to talk to one another is really what it is. Interesting. Yeah. It's a common framework supported by everybody. Wow. Yeah, that, that could be big. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, and it's going to happen under a lot of people's noses. They're not even going to know it happened until it did. It's the it's the it's an industry pivot that's needed to happen for a long time. Well, it it's it's interesting because if they do that, then it kind of breaks the Apple monopoly, wouldn't it? Um, not really. Um, because you're still going to have people who want, you know, th- there is a certain, you know, like if you use certain devices um, that are, let's say, on the less expe- expensive spectrum versus other devices that are on the more expensive spectrum, um, what you're going to wind up is you're going to really be able to see, you know, where the money's placed, right? What, why am I spending more money for this microphone versus that microphone? Oh, it's because it works better. You know, you, people right. are really going to understand they're getting truly what they pay for. And even though everything will be interoperable, um, I think what it will do is it's, it's really just going to open up the industry is really what it's going to do. I don't see an, an issue uh, with, you know, Apple ending its monopoly. I think, I think that's, the knee jerk. And I think that's valid. I think a lot of people would be like, well, why would I want to be, you know, now I'm kind of letting people into my walled garden, right? That's, that's kind of the conversation, but I don't look at it as that. I look at it as, Hey, you know what? You're still in your walled garden, right? But now 
you've got a couple of walkways to other gardens that are adjacent to you. And you can yeah. you can enjoy the technology that sits in those other gardens without really having to leave the comfort of your own ecosystem. So if you're an Android person, so be it. You get to stay in that Android ecosystem. If you're an Apple person, you don't have to leave the Apple you know, world and you can stay you know, uh, comfortably there. And if you like the world of Google, which many of us do, um, you know, again, you can use some Apple devices or some, you know, Android devices that may have never been, you know, uh, uh, you never really would have had the ability to do that in the past. So Matter is a good thing. I encourage everyone to, uh, you know, uh, check out the Matter Alliance and, and, and what's going on there. There's a lot of interesting YouTube videos that kind of explain what matter is beyond just what I've done with a framework. Um, we, we should do a dedicated um, show about matter too, because it's, it's big enough to where um, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I, I'd like to learn about it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, uh, you know, as we went through the show, um, some interesting things kind of occurred, and that is the damn show is getting too big. <laughs> um, is that right? You know, it's either it, it's either it's getting too big or I'm getting too old, because um, <laughs> you know, and I have to, I have to admit, uh, a lot of us were just whatever. You know, 2022 was very, it was a very exhausting year for a lot of us, and we usually have the stamina to make it through the entire show. We, we didn't quite get through the entire show. Um, we saw a lot of it. We touched a lot of it. I'd say we hit about 80% of it. Um, I'll tell you what made it easier. We did take the, um, uh, the loop, which is, uh, Elon Musk's company, you know, Elon Musk, friend of the company, uh, the, the, the show, show yeah, yeah. personal show. Yeah. Um, you know, his uh, loop was there. It was absolutely working. This is the boring company building. Yes. Uh, yep. And uh, we, we went underground. We actually took this last year, too. Um, and that made travel from um, the con- one convention center to another easy instead of having to walk the whole way. Um, and and they're, they're planning on expanding that loop to actually the strip. Um, to my understanding, it already goes to from the LVCC to uh, Resorts World, which is a new resort. Um, Hilton runs Resorts World, so um, yeah, I mean it's a that's that's pretty big. That's like what a half mile maybe. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it's just a big show. There's a lot to see, and we by no means tackled it all. It was uh, there was still a lot left to see. Now, is that is that just because there's more stuff and it's split between a couple locations. And I mean, at one point this was all in one location and weren't they splitting it with like the adult video <laughs> awards and stuff like that? At so, yeah, no, that's, that's interesting that you say that. Um, so for the first time in a long time, um, the AVN show was actually back along the same week as um CES. So the adult, uh, the, the AVN or the adult video and entertainment show was actually at Resorts World. Um, and it was there the week of CES, which was the first week. Um, usually they pushed it a couple of weeks afterwards. This week, yeah, 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 yeah. This year it was, um, uh, you know, it was all, it was all one. Uh, I, wish, oh, I should say it was all in the same week. Dif- different shows, though. Um, 
CES is actually in a, a couple different places around the city. So you've got the LVCC, which traditionally, uh, before they opened up the new West Hall, uh, the West mm-hmm. the West Hall is the um, the new convention space, and it's a big space. I mean, it looks grand when you walk in. Um, it's on the corner of like Las Vegas Boulevard, the Strip, and the Convention Center Drive. So it, it kind of borders that um, in in a not so direct way. It borders it because the the Strip actually does some some weird. Um, it, it does some weird. I wouldn't say turns and whatnot, but it it takes you a long time to get over to that area. Um, the West Hall before the West Hall was there. CES always used to be in the North Hall, the Central Hall, and the South Hall. And usually the way it worked was the Central Hall had all the big companies like Panasonic, Toshiba, Sony, Microsoft. When they were there, they were big. The North Hall usually was all the car tech. And in the old days, it was like car stereos and speakers and and audio systems for that. What's happened is in the North Hall... um, that's really become, um, you know, a lot of uh, just a lot of other tech, um, some EV stuff, a lot of mix. Um, Central Hall still has those big companies and South Hall is not even used anymore. Um, they've moved a lot of stuff to the West Hall and that's where a lot of EV tech is now. Wow. Yeah. And then you've got um, C-Suite which is um, over in, uh, I believe, Aria. And that's where, like, a lot of the um, the marketing is uh, and a lot of all of the technology, how do we convey our messages. A lot of the um, keynotes happen over at Aria and uh, in that area. And then over where Sands is, or what is now known as the uh, Venetian Convention Center, that's where they have uh, health, innovations, they also have um, the, uh, what do you call it, CES uh, uh, startups. So that would be Eureka Park. Okay. And, the, yeah. and, the, the, and the, so, but there's no like business stuff there, right? It's supposedly just all consumer. It's all consumer electronics. I mean, you have a lot of businesses there and you have a lot of, you know, uh, B2B going on, um, of course, because that's what the, this is an sure. industry show for for sure. They also have a lot of broadcast booths uh, throughout these because um, there's a lot of media there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine there's a lot of, yeah, there'd have to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if you yeah. ever want to like, um, if you ever want to like be completely surprised and impressed by the level of logistics humans can do to move ideas you know and and but believe me we don't get paid by ces i'm not this is i'm there's no sponsorship here this is just me talking it's an impressive operation to watch it happen well they they've been at it for a little bit and supposedly they're tech people so it's that's a good sign right yeah no for sure and you know i mean they've done a good job of breaking up um They've done a, a good job of breaking up Las Vegas into really what what is three different pieces. I mean, what what they consider to be Tech East is all the Las Vegas convention uh, convention center, like the LVCC. Uh, Tech Tech West is like the Venetian in the Sands, and then Tech South is 
aria and where all of the keynotes and all that stuff occurs. So they've broken Las Vegas, at least the immediate downtown Las Vegas up, uh, or the near downtown Las Vegas area up in like really three different pieces. And uh, yeah, it's very busy. The entire first week of uh, January, good luck getting a hotel room. Yeah. Well, and it's only going to keep on getting bigger. I mean, the the barriers to entry to technology are just getting cheaper and cheaper and right. The barriers are falling. So, Oh yeah. So that's exciting, dude. Yeah. It was a lot of good tech, you know, to summarize it. I think, uh, I think it's, I, I think it is shifting and it needs to shift. Um, that's the idea of CES is it's always changing. It's always changing for the better. I think that shift is going from really what people traditionally think of CES as being that, um, consumer electronic toy, more to a consumer um, messaging and um, content delivery um, type of show. You know, we're gonna we're gonna use the show to convey our ideas, and absolutely, the refrigerators and the cell phones and the microphones will be there. But uh, you know, um, it's it's moving from the individual techie techie to more of an encompassing idea type of thing. And that's awesome. It, it, that's where technology is going as well. Oh, right? yeah. It's, it, it's going away from, it's, okay, we're going to give you the Lego pieces, figure out how to use it. And um, I, I think that this season of, of our show is going to show that a lot. Yeah, this season of our show is going to show a lot of, you know, it's going to be um, a variation on the theme from what we did last season, but we're going to, I think we're going to go deeper into the tech, but we're also going to go deeper into the human need for it. Um, and I think that's something that you and I, we talk about a lot on the show, but we're probably going to examine a little deeper. Yeah. And it, 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 that's, and that's what we talked about the whole time. We just want people to have an open mind and look at how technology can improve your life and how you can use existing technology in maybe a way that, uh, um, you hadn't thought of before. We're also going to take a look at, uh, some, um, influencers from the past. You and I had a conversation. Do you want to go yes. into that a little? Yeah. So just to tease, um, we are going to go into the, um, the inventor of how you're probably listening and getting the show uh, through Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or cellular technology. Um, and I think the answer is going to surprise you. Um, and some of the barriers that this person faced and never, ever got her due. Um, and it was created by one of the most beautiful women that... Uh, Hollywood has ever seen. So um, it's going to be really interesting because it's it's not the story you think it is. Yeah, and I'll give you a hint. It's not Lucille Ball, but we we do have to thank her for Star Trek. So, Oh, do we? Oh, come on, man. Yeah. She, she, really? Oh. Yeah. yeah, Lucille. You know what? We're going to do a show on that one too then. Okay. There we go. Hey, okay. uh, it's, it's great to be back. It is. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good year. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, uh, we're we're going to try to, um, you know, obviously, uh, uh pump out, uh, the shows that we think you guys want to hear, but I think more importantly, we're going to do, 
um, or make a, a, a bigger effort of getting them out on more of a normal schedule too. Yeah. At least, at least that's my takeaway is I want to, I want to normalize that process a little bit better and we're going to figure out a schedule to, to get that to work out a little bit better for everybody. Yeah. And we may even, I'm trying to talk Tim into doing a video one. So we're, 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 we're thinking about a whole bunch of cool stuff for this season, but I'm looking forward maybe to it'll it. Be a, maybe it'll be the Halloween special. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> scaring people so yeah nice <laughs> all right george no it was uh good to good to hear your voice and uh great to be back yeah you bet thanks tim take care